Chapter Seventeen of The Gods Are A First. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Gods Are A Thirst by Anatole France. Translated by Mrs. Wilfred Jackson. Chapter Seventeen. The twenty-fourth remere at ten in the forenoon under a clear bright sun that was melting the ice formed in the night the citoyen guenot and de lormel delegates of the committee of general security proceeded to the barnabites and asked to be conducted to the committee of surveillance of the section in the capitular hall whose only occupant for the moment was the citoyen beauvisage who was piling logs on the fire but they did not see him just at first because of his short thick-set stature in a hunchback's cracked voice the citoyen beauvisage begged the delegates to seat themselves and put himself entirely at their service guenot then asked him if he knew a ci-devant monsieur des ilettes residing near the pont neuf it is an individual he added whose arrest i am instructed to effect and he exhibited the order from the committee of general security Beauvisage, after racking his memory for a while, replied that he knew no individual of that name, that the suspect in question might not be an inhabitant of his section. Certain portions of the section du Museon de l'Unité de Marat et Marseille being likewise in the near neighbourhood of the Pont-Neuf, that, if he did live in the section, it must be under another name than that borne on the committee's order, that nevertheless it would not be long before they laid hands on him let's lose no time urged guenot our vigilance was aroused in this case by a letter from one of the man's accomplices that was intercepted and put into the hands of the committee a fortnight ago but which the citoyen lacroix took action upon only yesterday evening we are overdone with business denunciations flow in from every quarter in such abundance one does not know which to attend to denunciations replied beauvisage proudly are coming in freely too to the committee of vigilance of our section some make these revelations out of patriotism others lured by the bait of a bank bill for a hundred sols many children denounce their parents whose property they covet this letter resumed guenot emanates from a ci-devant called rochemore a woman of gallantry at whose house they played biribi and addressed to one citoyen Rolin, but is really for an emigre in the service of Pitt. I have brought it with me to communicate to you the portion relating to this man, Desilet. He drew the letter from his pocket. It begins with copious details as to those members of the convention who might, according to the woman's tale, be gained over by the offer of a sum of money or the promise of a well-paid post under a new government more stable than the present then comes the following passage i have just returned from a visit to monsieur des ilettes who lives near the pont neuf in a garret where you must be either a cat or an imp to get at him he is reduced to earning a living by making punch and judies he is a man of judgment for which reason i report to you sir the main gist of his conversation he does not believe that the existing state of things will last long nor does he foresee its being ended by the victory of the coalition 
and events appear to justify his opinion for as you are aware sir for some time past tidings from the front have been bad he would rather seem to believe in the revolt of the poor and the women of the humbler classes who remain still deeply attached to their religion he holds that the widespread alarm caused by the revolutionary tribunal will soon reunite all france against the jacobins this tribunal he said in his joking way which sentences the queen of france and a bread hawker is like that william shakespeare the english admire so much etc he thinks it not impossible that robespierre may marry madame royale and have himself named protector of the kingdom i should be grateful to you sir if you would transmit me the amount owing to me that is to say one thousand pounds sterling by the channel you are in the habit of using but whatever you do do not write to monsieur morhar he has lately been arrested thrown into prison etc etc this worthy daisy Lett, makes dancing dolls it appears observed beauvisage that is a valuable clue though certainly there are many petty trades of the sort carried on in the section that reminds me said delumelle i promised to bring home a doll for my little girl natalie my youngest who is ill with scarlatina the fever is not a dangerous one but it demands careful nursing and natalie a very forward child for her age and with a very active brain has but delicate health i remarked Gueno, i have only a boy he plays hoop with barrel hoops and makes little montgolfier balloons by inflating paper bags very often beauvisage put in his word it is with articles that are not toys at all that children like best to play my nephew emile a little chap of seven a very intelligent child amuses himself all day long with little wooden bricks with which he builds houses do you snuff citoyen and beauvisage held out his open snuff-box to the two delegates now we must set about nabbing our rascal said delumel who had long moustaches and great eyes that rolled in his head i feel quite in the mood this morning for a dish of aristocrats lights and liver washed down with a glass of white wine beauvisage suggested to the delegates going to the place dauphine to see if his colleague dupont senior was at his shop there he would be sure to know this man daisy Lett. So they set off in the keen morning air accompanied by four grenadiers of the section Have you seen the last judgment of Kings played Delormel asked his companions the piece is worth seeing the author shows you all the kings of Europe on a desert island Where they have taken refuge at the foot of a volcano which swallows them up. It is a patriotic work at the corner of the rue du Arlet delormel's eye was caught by a little cart as brilliantly painted as a reliquary which an old woman was pushing wearing over her coif a hat of wax cloth what is that old woman selling he asked the old dame answered for herself look gentlemen make your choice i have beads and rosaries crosses st anthony's holy cloths, st veronica handkerchiefs echihomos agnus deis hunting-horns and rings of saint hubert and articles of devotion of every sort and kind why it is the very arsenal of fanaticism cried delormel in horror and he proceeded to a summary examination of the poor woman 
who made the same answer to every question my son it's forty years i have been selling articles of devotion another delegate of the committee of general security noticing a blue-coated national guard passing directed him to convey the astonished old woman to the conciergerie the citoyen beauvisage pointed out to delomel that it would have been more in the competence of the committee of surveillance to arrest the woman and bring her before the section that in any case one never knew nowadays what attitude to take up towards the old religion so as to act up to the views of the government and whether it was best to allow everything or forbid everything on nearing the joiner's shop the delegates and the commissary could hear angry shouts mingling with the hissing of the saw and the grinding of the plane a quarrel had broken out between the joiner dupont senior and his neighbor remarkle the porter because the citoyenne remarkle whom an irresistible attraction was forever drawing into the recesses of the workshop whence she would return to the porter's lodge all covered with shavings and sawdust the injured porter bestowed a kick on mouton the carpenter's dog which at that very moment his own little daughter josephine was nursing lovingly in her arms josephine was furious and burst into a torrent of imprecations against her father while the carpenter shouted in a voice of exasperation wretch i tell you you shall not beat my dog and i retorted the porter brandishing his broom i tell you you shall not he did not finish the sentence the joiner's plane had hurtled close past his head the instant he caught sight of the citoyen beauvisage and the attendant delegates he rushed up to him and cried citoyen commissary you are my witness this villain has just tried to murder me the citoyen beauvisage in his red cap the badge of his office put out his long arms in the attitude of a peacemaker and addressing the porter and the joiner a hundred souls he announced to whichever of you will inform us where to find a suspect wanted by the committee of general security a ci-devant named desilette a maker of dancing dolls with one accord porter and carpenter designated brotteaux's lodgings the only quarrel now between them being who should have the assignat for a hundred souls promised the informer delormel guenot and beauvisage followed by the four grenadiers remarkle the porter dupont the carpenter and a dozen little scamps of the neighbourhood filed up the stairs which shook under their tread and finally mounted the ladder to the attics brotteaux was in his garret busy cutting out his dancing figures while the pair longuemer sat facing him stringing their scattered limbs on threads smiling to himself to see rhythm and harmony thus growing under his fingers at the sound of muskets being grounded on the landing the monk trembled in every limb not that he was a whit less courageous than brotteaux who never moved a muscle but the habit of respect for human conventions had never disciplined him to assume an attitude of self-composure brotteaux gathered from the citoyen delamere's questions the quarter from which the blow had come and saw too late how unwise it is to confide in women he obeyed the citoyen commissary's order to go with him first picking up his lucretius and his three shirts the citoyen he said pointing to the pair longuemain 
is an assistant I have taken to help me make my marionettes. His home is here. But the monk, failing to produce a certificate of citizenship, was put under arrest along with Brotteaux. As the procession filed past the porter's door, the citoyenne Remarque, leaning on her broom, looked at her lodger with the eyes of virtue beholding crime in the clutches of the law. Little Josephine, dainty and disdainful, held back Mouton by his collar, while the dog tried to fawn on the friend, who had often given him a lump of sugar. A gaping crowd filled the Place de Thionville. At the foot of the stairs, Brotteaux came face to face with a young peasant woman, who was on the point of going up. She carried a basket on her arm, full of eggs, and in her hand a flat cake, wrapped in a napkin. It was Athenaïe, who had come home from Palaiso, to present her saviour with a token of her gratitude. When she observed a posse of magistrates and four grenadiers, and Monsieur Maurice being led away a prisoner, she stopped in consternation and asked if it was really true. Then she stepped up to the commissary and said in a gentle voice, "'You are not taking him to prison. It can't be possible. Why, you don't know him. God himself is not better or kinder.' The citoyen Delormel pushed her away and beckoned to the grenadiers to come forward. Then Athenais let loose a torrent of the foulest abuse, the filthiest and most abominable invective, at the magistrates and soldiers, who thought that all the rinsings of the Palais Royal and the Rue Fromenteau were being emptied over their devoted heads. After which, in a voice that filled the whole Place de Thionville, and sent a shudder through the throng of curious onlookers, Vive le roi! Vive le roi! she yelled. End of chapter 17